Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 337 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading the third chapter of Revelation today, and our focus is on what does Jesus have to say to the church? What is Jesus saying right now to his church, and what kinds of churches does Jesus commend? Great and powerful churches or weak and poor churches? Well, every day we get into God's Word by reading it and discussing it and thinking about it and seeking to obey it. Our goal is to get as many people as possible involved in daily Bible reading and listening. We do have a website. It's Bible2021.com. That's Bible2021.com. And please allow me, as I often do, to encourage you to tell a friend about the show and get them involved in daily Bible listening. Three more letters from Jesus to his churches to read today in Revelation 3. Yes, they were dictated almost 2,000 years ago, which might make you assume that they aren't current or maybe even stale, but that could not be further from the truth. I'm not sure God is outside of time per se, but I am sure that God's relationship with time is quite different from our relationship with it. We are subject to time. We are under time from the richest to the most famous to the healthiest to the poorest and the sickest. We all have the same amount of time in a day, 24 hours. God, however, is not at all subject to time. He is the Lord of time. He is over time. Time has no impact or effect on God, and time bends completely and utterly to the will of God and to his son Jesus. And because with the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day in a very real sense, these letters from Jesus to his churches are less than two days old. Basically, fresh, hot off the presses. These are words of truth, comfort, instruction, warning, and encouragement to us today in 2021 and beyond. And they are as fresh today as they were in 90 AD. One other note before we look at each of these letters individually. I see that Jesus wrote seven letters to his churches. Of those seven letters, five contain rebukes, warnings, and calls to repent. And among the strongest of those rebukes are words to Ephesus, a church with apparently great doctrine and theology, but in danger of being shut down as a church by none other than Jesus himself. Also, challenging and stinging words to the rich church at Laodicea and the supposedly alive church at Sardis. Jesus tells rich Laodicea that they are factually poor, naked and wretched in his eyes. He tells lively Sardis that they are in fact dead. Ouch. Two churches, however, are met with only encouragement and comfort from King Jesus, no negative words. Those two churches are extremely poor Smyrna, Jesus says, I know your affliction and poverty, but you are rich, Revelation 3, 9, and extremely I'm sorry, Revelation 2, 9, and extremely weak Philadelphia. Look, I've placed before you an open door that no one can close because you have but little power. Revelation 3, 8. This is yet another example of the truth Jesus proclaimed in Luke 16, 15. That which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of God. 
Let me read that again. That which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of God. Well, let's go ahead and read our passage, and then we're going to discuss these letters individually. Revelation chapter 3, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible, write to the angel of the church in Sardis. Thus says the one who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Be alert and strengthen what remains, which is about to die, for I have not found your works complete before my God. Remember then what you have received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you are not alert, I will come like a thief, and you have no idea at what hour I will come upon you. But you have a few people in Sardis who have not defiled their clothes, and they will walk with me in white because they are worthy." In the same way, the one who conquers will be dressed in white clothes, and I will never erase his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my Father and before his angels. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Write to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. Thus says the Holy One, the True One, the one who has the key of David, who opens and no one will close, and who closes and no one opens. I know your works. Look. I've placed before you an open door that no one can close because you have but little power. Yet you've kept my word and have not denied my name. Note this, I will make those from the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews and are not but are lying, I will make them come and bow down at your feet and they will know that I have loved you because you have kept my command to endure. I will also keep you from the hour of testing that is going to come on the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one takes your crown. The one who conquers, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will never go out again. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Write to the angel of the church in Laodicea. Thus says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the originator of God's creation. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I am going to vomit you out of my mouth. For you say, I'm rich, I've become wealthy and need nothing. And you don't realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you may be rich, white clothes so that you may be dressed and your shameful nakedness not be exposed, and ointment to spread on your eyes so that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be zealous and repent. See, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. To the one who conquers, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Well, the fifth letter of Jesus, the first in Revelation 3, but the fifth overall, is to the church at Sardis. I've long marveled and almost chuckled that there are still churches named Sardis in the United States, including some in the city I grew up in. This is surprising because the church at Sardis in Revelation, it doesn't come off well. They're really challenged by Jesus. He says, I know your works for being alive, but you are dead. In fact, 
The most positive thing Jesus says about the church at Sardis is, in verse 4, you have a few people in Sardis who have not defiled their clothes, and they will walk with me in white because they are worthy. Well, that's good, I guess, but like, you have a few people that are pretty good. That's not a very strong commendation. This tells us the ultimate value of reputation among people, right? In spiritual terms, this church, with a reputation for being alive, was dead. A reputation isn't worth that much, is it? Sardis Church was supposedly alive and lively, but Jesus said flatly they were dead. What was his prescription to this dying church? Remember then what you have received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you are not alert, I will come like a thief and you will have no idea at what hour I will come to you. The cure for spiritual deadness then is to remember God's word. Keep it. Guard it, treasure it, and turn away from your ways into God's ways so that you can turn back to following the word of God. In other words, repent. That will bring life. Sixth letter, Philadelphia. As already mentioned, Philadelphia was a church with very little power. They were apparently under severe persecution from some group of Jewish people who had rejected Jesus and his gospel. They were struggling greatly, and yet the Lord gives this assessment of the church. You have kept my word and have not denied my name. Now, we might have looked and thought well of doctrinally sound Ephesus church, lively Sardis church, and rich Laodicea church, and had pity on weak Philadelphia church and poor old Smyrna church, but Jesus sees things radically different, doesn't he? Jesus promises to this church that he will keep them from a time of trial coming into the world, and he urges them to keep holding on to his word and to himself. He says, because you've kept my command to endure, I will keep you from the hour of testing. And in verse 11, he says, I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one takes your crown. Finally, the seventh letter, Laodicea. Now, there are still, like I said, a lot of Sardis churches in America, but there are very few churches named Laodicea, but apparently not zero Laodicea churches. And apparently, we have a Laodicea Baptist church right down the street from the Bible 2021 bunker in Oakland, California. That's surprising because Jesus gives one of the starkest threats or promises in the Bible to this particular church. Uh, Let me correct myself. Not the Laodicea Baptist Church in Oakland, California, but to the Laodicea Church in Laodicea back in the day. And I'm sure you've heard this warning before. Because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I am going to vomit you out of my mouth. That's Revelation 3.16. What is it that marks this church as so lukewarm and therefore so repulsive to Jesus? Well, he explains it briefly in verse 17. He says, For you say, I'm rich, I've become wealthy, and need nothing. But you don't realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Ouch. This church seems to have an inordinate trust in their wealth and resources, and their confession is that they need nothing. Jesus' response to this attitude is crystal clear. I advise you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you may be rich, white clothes so that you may be dressed and your shameful nakedness not be exposed, and ointment to spread on your eyes so that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be zealous and repent. See, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. So Jesus says to his church, don't trust in worldly gold and resources. Even if you have all the money in the world, you still have great need. Instead, 
He calls his church to seek him for spiritual gold without impurity and spiritual ointment for our eyes so that we can see the way he sees, not with natural eyes, but with eternal eyes. He calls this church and many, many modern churches to turn away from self-reliance and money reliance to wholeheartedly turn to him. He says to his church that he is standing outside That's bad news if Jesus is outside, right? He's standing outside, not inside, and he's knocking on the door. This church and all churches who overtrust in themselves and their resources are not churches with Jesus at the center, but human organizations with Jesus way on the outside. So must we be zealous and repent and open the door to our Savior and let him take over? Well, we close with our Bible memory passage for the month of December, which is Revelation 5.12. It says, They said with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And yes, he is. He is worthy. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.